1: Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host, Brian Mosey. Brian, we are in the beginning of sections. We have section tennis tonight. It all kind of kicks off about a, a three- or four-week stretch of postseason. How are you feeling as, as we start up tonight?
0: just crazy that I was already here. <laughs> um, I think both of us were kind of like, with just how delayed the spring season was this year with all the snow and rain and such. I think we just kind of were like, you know, it'll it'll get pushed back. It'll get pushed back. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's here. So, um, yeah, but definitely excited to start off tennis this week. We got softball next week as well. Um, so plenty of stuff coming your way. So make sure to check out sctimes.com for everything, basically.
1: Yeah, there's going to be a ton going on um, over these next couple weeks, and we're definitely going to be trying to you know, keep you up to date on all of it. Um, today we're going to go through a bit of some of our final regular season stuff with, um, you know, you've been at softball last night, a couple baseball games last week, so we're going to touch on both of those sports a little bit more in depth, um, kind of show you where teams are, how they've been doing in recent weeks as we get close to the postseason, especially for softball. Um, and then in the second half of the show we'll talk a little bit about a few other um, high school sports, some notable events, and then um, some college news too, some coaching changes, athletic director changes, um, some big stuff happening at St. Cloud State that uh, we'll get to later in the show. But I think we'll start with softball since that's where you were last night, Brian. You were out um, to see Sartell and St. Cloud play in a doubleheader. Just tell me what you kind of thought of this game, what you kind of took away from it, um, being able to see these two teams.
0: Yeah, I mean, kind of some good matchup there just in the sense of you know not only conference opponents but also now section opponents now that Sartell made the jump up to 4a um and so did st cloud with their co-op with um, apollo and tech so i mean definitely a lot on the line in that sense just because this is the last week of the regular season and there's plenty of you know movement still in in the section when it comes to seedings and different things like that so these two wins could be mean, you know, a, a possibility of hosting a game compared to being on the road. Um, nobody really knows, but um, definitely want to win rather than lose. Um, but Sartell came out firing, and they were able to get the um, two wins against St. Cloud: ten to three in the first game, ten to five in the second. Um, the second game was actually very close. Um, it was six to five heading into the last inning, and then Sartell scored four in the seventh to. Kind of put put them away um, and get get that lead that was needed to kind of seal the victory. Um, but some really good performances on both ends, in my mind at least. Sartell, the the main thing that Dave Dristy, their head coach, kind of relayed to the team is you need to win all three aspects of the game. Um, if you if you want to win in in like a section game or against a really good opponent, you need to win all three different types of or three different areas of the game, which is Pitching, defense, and offense. Um, Pitching-wise, looked good. I mean, Sartell, the first game, Dana Kassarf um, pitched the first game, complete game, and had 13 strikeouts. She gave up, I believe it was one earned run. The other two came off of an error um, from the second baseman. Um, And she was very consistent. I mean, she definitely kind of had to pitch through some jams. Um, She walked six, which was obviously not ideal. But um, I mean, she was able to kind of work her way through and make sure that you know no damage was made during those walks, at least. Um, and then in the second game, Abby Schultz uh, th- threw a complete game, struck out three. I think she gave up four earned runs, three earned runs or four earned runs, um, and she walked I believe three runner or uh, three three batters um, in her outing. And a lot more defense on that end. I mean, when you when you strike out or almost half of the batters that are outs that you face. I mean, your defense doesn't have to do as much <laughs> compared to, you know, the second game where Abby kind of relied on the, the defense a little bit more and they stepped up. we able to find some really good plays and and get some players out um, to kind of keep this lead and, and be able to win the game. Um, on the other end, St. Cloud, they had Lola Jacobs um, pitch and she's only a freshman, but man, does she look good? Um, she, She's, she feels, it feels like she's probably like a junior just in the sense of her, you know, maturity on the mound. Um She can, she has that command. She has that location. um, She can control the ball. She, she's been using a bunch of different pitches this year, um, kind of continuing to build her repertoire um, as a pitcher. And you can tell that, you know, she feels comfortable. She, she's competitive. She wants to win and um she'll do anything that she can on the mound to be able to win a game for the crush. And, Unfortunately, didn't come out there at that way for them, but um, still looks good. And batting wise, I mean, you kind of have you know a handful of batters on both ends. You know, with St. Cloud, you have Olivia Ladenbach, um, Matty Vote, um, you have um, a couple other a couple other players that are you know looking really good for them. Um, Ali Breitenbach, and then on the other side with Sartell, you know you have. Kind of their starting their first three batters, which is, you know, Jaden Shredder, Megan Dristi, and um, Dana Kasarf. Also, Hannah Hannah Sundell. She's been looking really good on, on the, as the four hitter. Um, she can kind of create that power that's needed at, at the cleanup spot. But yeah, I mean, overall, I thought it was a good couple of games to to see. And um, I mean, the two wins for Sartell definitely helped them. Um, they could potentially be anywhere from like a five to a seven seed. Um, and, you know, there's a big difference between those, those three different areas. And so, um, St. Cloud, it looks like more than likely they will probably be, you know, play doing a play in game. Um, looks like they'll probably play Memidji in that play in game. And then the winner of that, will have to play Brainerd, um, next week, but obviously things are still up in the air as we still have two or three more games left in the regular season this week before seeding happens on Friday. So um, but, yeah, overall, good, good, good couple of games uh, for, for both teams.
1: Yeah, you know, two opponents, like you mentioned, in the same section, making that jump up. Um, and, and we'll see kind of how that goes for them once we get to postseason. And we also have, you know, a lot of other teams that have been competing, playing really well, especially, um, you know, in Class 2A with Cathedral and Albany. You know, Cathedral's been just basically unstoppable in recent weeks. Um, you know, they've they've been winning all year long, only one loss, but some of the the statements they've been making lately seem to be even um bigger, you know, winning sixteen to nothing over Foley yesterday and only four innings, uh, eleven to one over, you know, bigger school like Soccer Rapids Rice um on Monday. Um, you know, they've just been really getting it done and then last Friday um a ten to nothing win over Little Falls. So they're putting up huge runs, they're not allowing almost anything across the plate. Um, that's kind of the recipe for success this time of year,
0: yeah, I mean, honestly, after they lost to piers and at the beginning of the season, literally their only loss this season has been against Piers in the first game of the year. And after that, they've been on a fifteen game winning streak. and they're fifteen and one. They look like they're I would say locking up that number one seed um for class six two a. But obviously, Piers is right behind them, and they kind of split a series between them. so, um, Pierce could get that number one spot, but honestly, in my mind, Cathedral's got that number one spot pretty much locked down um, unless unless they lose, you know, surprisingly over the next couple of days, which I don't see that happening. But um, yeah, I mean, they just have such a good balance between their hitters. Um, they have like four different seniors that are right in the middle of the lineup. They also have Ella Voigt on the, on the mound, and she's been basically lights out this season. She's I mean, when she's on the mound, you you know that you have an opportunity to win, um, and so it's been good to see, and um, I think they've outscored their opponents like 140 to 15 now this season, so I mean, that just shows you they put up a lot of runs, and they don't allow a whole lot of them either, so um, definitely a threat as they head into sections, and I think that target's going to be on their back for, you know, a team to possibly upset, um, but honestly, it sounds like they're kind of ready for it and they, they like that opportunity.
1: Yeah. And a team that will be trying to, one of those teams that will be trying to hunt them down is um, Albany, who also has been playing very good softball over the last week on Monday. They won 12 to two over Sox center in six innings. Um, and then they played again last night, um, got a pair of wins 11 to one over Mora in five innings, and then 16 to one over Eden Valley Watkins in four innings. So they've been playing really good softball. Um, Hallie Hoffarth for them has had two really good outings on the mound too. Um, in between two different games there of wins this week, already pitching nine, uh, innings, only giving up two earned runs, um, and striking out nine batters between those two starts. So, um, getting some quality starts there, a lot of different people at the plate. Um, Shelby Horning, Alyssa Sand, Ellie feeling a lot of people playing well there too. So, um, You know, they're kind of trending in the right direction, too. I know they had a couple losses earlier in the year, but it seems like they've also been a very competitive team over the last few weeks. Yeah, no, I completely agree.
0: I mean, you have, similar to to Cathedral's recipe, you have great pitching, and you have a variety of hitters that can get people on base and get people home. Um, I mean, that's kind of what you're hoping for, and the bats are starting to kind of heat up for the Huskies. So it looks like they'll probably host a – a first round game um, and, you know, potentially be looking to see if they can do a rematch against Cathedral later on in that tournament. Um, but two teams that definitely you don't want to play right now in, in the section tournament, because both of them are on a hot streak right now. Um, and then the other one that's been on a hot streak is Recori. Um, I mean, and the, the hot player right now is Madison Terrace. She's had a home run in basically every single game, Um for the last couple of games. Well, like the last three out of the four games that she's had a home run in in, in every one of them. So I mean that just shows you what she's been capable of doing. They just they just were able to pick up uh an eighteen to two win and a nine to two nine to one win against Sock Rapids on Tuesday. Um Shelby Shelby Prom's been lights out on the on the mound. Um, she pitched five innings, one earned run, nine Ks. Um, and then on Saturday, they they were able to pick up a seven to four win against Memidji and then also lost seven to nothing against Memigie. Um Shelby Prom also being able to get nine Ks in that game, um, and then they also were able to they lost six to one to Champlain Park on Friday. So um, they are looking like they're going to be the number one seed for Section Eight Three A um a little different setup there just because there's only six teams in that section so they would more than likely get a bye and then have to play a team in the semifinals so um but i I mean they're they're definitely a team similar to cathedral where they have they're going to be that number one team and everybody's going to be going for them um to try and beat um and get that upset
1: yeah and for them you know that's a good opportunity for them since before these two wins they were only sitting at 500 and still sitting as you know, the number one team in the section. So that's a very winnable section, I would say, possibly for them to, to make it to the state tournament. Um, a good opportunity. And for um, Madison Terrace to be hitting that well, I think is impressive, not only because of just how well she's doing, but also I remember when I saw them kind of earlier in the year, it seemed like she was struggling with her confidence a little at the plate, or she seemed a little unsure the game I saw them, but clearly she's made some big strides in that stretch and they're playing some really good softball now and two wins against a section opponent like Soc Rapids, who they could see again in a couple weeks. That obviously um, builds confidence too. So I think, I think that about wraps up kind of our softball round. If anything else, Brian, we missed or should we move to baseball?
0: No, I, I think, I think we kind of got all the, all the main points. And like I said before, a lot of the section seedings will be coming out on Friday and Saturday this upcoming week. Um, so make sure to stay tuned to SCT, SCTimes.com as I'll be posting a short little story on Saturday about where teams are going to be playing next week and, you know, how, you know, what the matchups are looking like for um, possibly not only just quarterfinals, but, you know, semifinals and potentially finals matchups.
1: Yeah. And, you know, last moving on to baseball, where there's also a ton of games still going on, they, um, you know, their postseason isn't coming up quite as fast, but it'll still be here really soon. And, um, a, a big game with postseason implications. It seemed like on Friday that you were at was Albany versus Foley, where I know this seemed like from just kind of following along with your tweets um, a really good game, uh, one that went to extra innings. Kind of you know uh, both teams had had chances to win. Just kind of tell me what you took away from this one and what what we might be able to learn from this one that could possibly affect you know uh, section play coming up.
0: That was an incredible game. I. I, honestly, I've I, that's probably one of my favorite games that I've seen in a while. Um, it was just a lot of two very good teams, two teams that respect each other um, heavily. It was just kind of fun to just see that all play out in Avon. Um, honestly, kudos to the Avon crew that made up that baseball field because after two straight days of like monsoon basically up here, um, I thought there was no chance that, that we were going to have any games on Friday. Um, but they they were able to muster up some you know dirt and be able to fill in some of those puddles and it was still a little squishy, but honestly compared to what it looked like the night before or the morning of it was a very nice place to play um for a Friday night game. but as for the game, um yeah, some really good really good outings for both teams um for Albany they kind of did a lot of small ball. I mean um Foley kind of tried to, you know, take advantage of different opportunities and Albany kind of shut them down. Um, You know, whether that was, you know, there was a play where one of the Foley runners decided to try and make a triple out of a, you know, out of a double and they had a really nice relay and they were able to get them out at third base to, you know, get a second out in the inning instead of having one out and a runner on third base, you know, Um, those types of opportunities where, you know, you can minimize people on base and minimize people in scoring position. Albany was trying their best to try and be able to work that and make that happen. Um, on the flip side, they were also able to execute some really small ball in offensively, you know, whether that was a sacrifice bunt from Carter Beer to bring the runner over to third base. Um, Devin Hansen after Carter Beer's sacrifice bunt, he um, Devin Hanson came up and he actually performed a beautiful squeeze play um, to be able to get the runner from third base home to tie the game up. Um, and then, you know, just all of these little small things. Unfortunately, Albany lost four to two to to Foley. Um, but compared to their outing before, where they lost ten to nothing against Foley earlier in the season, you can definitely tell that things are improving. The bats are starting to heat up now that the weather is getting a little warmer. Um, the pitching is starting to kind of find its tune a little bit, and things are looking a lot better. I mean, Blake Winkles started the game with four innings, um, had two unearned runs three hits, um, and then Brandon Holm came in, and he had four shutout innings of relief with five Ks. So, I mean, you kind of have a bunch of different guys. You also have Carter Beer and Brady Goble that didn't, um, or that will are also pitchers. So you have a plethora of guys that can be on the mound, which is great heading into section tournament time, um, and you're comfortable using them all. So I thought it was a great game. Um, obviously Foley's that number one team, they're undefeated. Um, they had a really good season last year too. So, I mean, they're the, they're the team to look at when it comes to section six two eight. Um, but I mean, Albany, if they keep going on this pace, I mean, like everybody says, it's hard to beat a team three times in a year. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me if they comes down to the wire again against Foley, if Albany has that opportunity.
1: Yeah, and you know they've they've been doing some great things. The other team that you got to see um, get a win last week was Sartell when they played St. Cloud. Um, I know I was shocked this game even got in with the weather. It seemed like to be kind of in that that perfect spot in between the two tornado warnings we had on that Thursday. <laughs> um, and I know Sartell had a pretty dominant win over um, the Crush in this one for this game too. Um, What did you learn? Did you, you know, with Sartell, did it just kind of look like things were clicking? I know they were losing some close games earlier in the year, and now it seems like, you know, this one wasn't very close, but they've been winning some of those, you know, two, three-run margin games kind of later in the regular season.
0: Yeah, I mean, Sartell looked dominant that that day. Um, Like you said, I mean, kind of surprising that they had this game because it was right in between, you know, tornado sirens in the afternoon. And then Tornado Sirens at night on Thursday night. So, I mean, I was kind of shocked that they were going to put a game together. But um, they, they looked good. Sartell came out strong. I think for them it was nice because they scored, I believe it was like three or four runs in the first one or two innings. And it kind of gave them a little bit of like, you know, sigh of relief of like, okay, now we can kind of play our game a little bit. Um, and honestly, Troy Lund loved having that um, on the mound. He pitched seven innings, complete game. Two hits, zero runs, um, three walks, and five Ks. I mean, great outing from Torrey. Um, the biggest thing for Sartell is that, you know, they did get a lot of hits on, on the pitching department. I mean, they, they lost, um, you know, they lost a handful of guys at the beginning of the season that were supposed to kind of be those main guys that were going to be on the mound. Um, and, you know, you have Tyler Phelps Hemish that, you know, hasn't been able to pitch this season, hasn't been able to play this season. Um, you have Andrew Ritter who, you know, was going to be kind of a relief pitcher for them that, you know, was going to be a steady guy and he's been hurt all season too. Um, you know, you have a bunch of different guys that haven't been able to find their ability on the mound yet. And, and so a bunch of different guys had to kind of step up and Troy has been one, Wesley Johnson's been another one that's been pretty much lights out. Um, so overall it's been nice to see because, not only is the pitching going well, but now the bats are starting to heat up. I mean, Sartell was able to get a 9 to nothing win against St. Cloud on that Thursday. They came back on Friday and won 18-6 against Bemidji in Bemidji, um, which was phenomenal. I mean, Cade Lewis had two home runs. Steven Brinkerhoff had a home run. Um, and then just this week, they were able to um, get a 5-3 to win against Becker last night on Tuesday night. Um, Stephen Brinkerhoff had a home run. Wesley Johnson pitched... Six innings, seven hits, one earned run, five Ks. You know, a a typical line for Wesley Johnson. It seems like, but Wesley and um, uh, Troy were both part of the VFW team that went to state last year during the summer, and so they knew that these pitchers could do something. It's just more of they they weren't really expecting it to happen this year because they had so much pitching depth, but then they just had to step up and, and take over, and they have been so. Um, they're definitely a team that's been looking really good and um, I'm excited to see kind of what they can do here in the next couple of weeks heading into section time
1: yeah and I'm pretty sure when when Cade uh, Lewis hit those two home runs I think he set the single season record I saw on Twitter four home runs um, right. for tells. so yeah he's been hitting the ball incredibly especially lately and you still have so many other guys throughout that lineup that you listed that um, are just dangerous at all times so yeah You know, those are the two teams that have really been sticking out. It was good that you got to see both of them last week. Anyone else um, you want to mention? I know last week, near the end of the week, you kind of went through all the teams where they stood heading in um, to this point of the regular season. Any other teams you want to mention that should kind of be on people's radar to maybe make a a nice postseason run?
0: Yeah, I mean... Like like you said, I was able to put up a story on baseball and softball just to kind of let people know where we're at when it comes to the season for those two sports. Um, But the only other team that was kind of on my radar for this week was um, Sock Rapids. They've been able to they've been having some nice wins um, lately. Um, They lost in a close four to two game against Becker on Friday night but then came back this week and they they were able to get a 9-4 to win against Detroit Lakes, who was the number one team in their section. So that was huge for them um, as, like, a confidence boost. Um, and then when it comes – and then they also got a 9-3 to win against Brainerd, who is a Class 4A team um, on Tuesday night. So definitely on a nice win streak there. Um, Recori also is a team that's kind of getting looked at. Um, they came out strong during the beginning of the season, and they've kind of fluctuated a little bit um, with up and down games. Um, they were able to. They lost five to four against Home on um, Friday night, and then they came back and won against Red Wing five to three on Saturday. Um, after that, they were able to play last night. They lost six to nothing against Alexandria, which Alexandria is a very good team. So. I think that's Section 8-3A, where you have the Alexandria, um, Detroit Lakes, Recory, um, Sock Rapids-Rice, all of those teams. It's going to be an interesting section in my mind um, just because it's kind of up for grabs from anybody because if you look at the schedule, most teams have split the series against both teams. So, I mean, there hasn't been, like, one team that's been, like, a for-sure dominant win um, in in our in our in that particular section. So honestly, it's kind of whoever comes up with the best strategy that day. It looks like could possibly have a chance to get to that championship game and and head over to state.
1: And with Soc Rapids, after you know they started losing three of their first four, and since then they've been one of you know like you said the toughest teams to beat in the section. So yeah, it'll be it'd be interesting to see kind of where they fall and um, if they can make a you know a run like last year where they played so well. One section rolled around, we're able to get to state. We'll see if they can repeat that feat or not this year. But I think that'll wrap up the first part of the show today. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll talk a little bit about um, adapted softball that I was at last night, Um, hit a couple other prep notes and then finish with some college news. So um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, we're going to start with Adapted Softball, the second part of the show. That's where I was out at last night at Apollo High School um, to see the St. Cloud Crush play um, the North Suburban Cougars. This was kind of a, a big matchup since it was the top two teams in their conference. So they were trying to buy for that conference title. Um, and both teams had already um, mathematically qualified for state since in each conference, the top two qualify um, for the eight-team state tournament um without having to go through any kind of you know section playoff type scenario so they knew that both were going to be in it. it's just which one's going to get the one seed and which one is probably going to get the two seed was going to pretty much depend on how this result went And st cloud if they if they would win would have clinched it but um they ended up coming up just a little short eight to six um in this game and last year when these two played it was the exact same stakes they played the last game of the regular season um conference title on the line and then that one st cloud won 12 to 11 so um north suburban was kind of able to flip it on him this year um the good part about this year unlike last year's last year there was no state tournament even though st cloud would have been the one seed so this year they'll they'll eventually get a chance at state but it was good just to get out and see them it's always fun to see them play they got down three to nothing in the first inning but then they um rebounded pretty well um like i said it ended up being eight to six but um St. Cloud was down 8 to 4 entering that final inning. Um Cyrus Hines, a senior for them, made like kind of a leaping catch in left field that seemed to kind of get kind of the crowd out of their seats, get the momentum going back for them. Then they had two runs um in the bottom of the 7th. They only played 7 innings and then they had runners at second and third base when the final out came. So they were just right there on the verge of being able to, you know, kind of rally and get that comeback win. So I, you know, their coach, Mike Bakken, thought it would be good for them. This was one of the first games they'd kind of faced some adversity that they'd been down early since going into this game. They'd outscored teams, uh, I believe it was 98-26 to 26 this year during their undefeated start to the year. So they'd been, you know, kind of steamrolling through opponents a couple, you know, 20 to nothing wins, 15-3 to three wins. So to actually be in a close game, kind of get those, um, you know, tough moments out is is good to get during the regular season. So, you know, they'll advance on now to state. It'll still depend how uh, North Suburban does on Thursday. I think if they would lose, I think St. Cloud would would still get the number one seed um, because right now they both have one loss on the season. So um, we'll see how that goes either way. They're going to begin the state tournament on June 3rd um, at Chanhassen high school. They'll play either five or eight o'clock, just depending on what that seed is. But, It'll just be cool to have a state tournament again. They haven't had one since 2019 um, and St. Claude previously, they won the title in 2017 and 2018. So a team that's had a lot of success at that stage recently. Um, and will get to be back at that stage next week, uh, next week, uh, next month, actually.
0: Absolutely. No, I mean, yeah, it's nice to see uh, the state tournament being back for them. Cause I know they were bummed last year, not being able to have it. And obviously in 2020, everything got canceled with COVID. So um, nice to be able to have that back and an opportunity for them to be able to try and bring back home a state title for, uh, the St. Cloud area, but
1: yeah. And since this is the, you know, still the same co-op, but the first year under the St. Cloud crush name instead of St. Cloud sluggers, which is still an amazing name, but, um, we'll see if they can get the job done in a couple of weeks, but. And then for um, other section news, kind of postseason news, the first uh, tournament that starts up is the boys' team tennis competition. Um, Individuals will be next week, but uh, the boys' team competition starts tonight for some of our local schools. Brian, you want to just kind of run through the schedule, let people know um, what to be on the lookout for.
0: Yeah. no, um, Like you said, for section 8-2A team tournament is kicking off tonight. Um, Sartell So they kind of have like a north and a south region um, for this particular section. Sartell got the number three seed in the north section, um, and they will be heading out to number two seed for the north, which is Alexandria. They play at 4.30 tonight. um, And then the number three seed, Monticello, will be playing for the south side. Um, They'll be playing number six south seed uh, Sock Rapids Rice at Tech High School at 3 p.m. today. The winner of that game will be playing the number two seed, South Seed, which will be uh, Tech, and that's at 4.30. So um, a lot of different potential results over the course of the next couple of, or uh, over th- tonight. Um, and then the winners of all of those, um, whoever those may be, will be playing on Friday um, and that will be at Sartell and at Tech. Um, so, kind of TBD on that end. Um, just make sure to check out sctimes.com tonight. I'll be having a section notebook coming out um, with all the results and kind of where they people stand um, as they get ready for um, Friday and and so forth. But um, and then also for Section Six A, which is Cathedral and St. John's Prep Co-op. They earn the number six seed and they will be playing at number three seed Fridley at 4 p.m. on Friday um, for their team tournament. The winner of that will be playing on the 24th on Tuesday um, for like the semifinals and the finals. Um, and then finally next week, since we won't have another podcast until Wednesday, um, just as a heads up Monday, um, the section eight Two a South individual tournament will be happening at Becker High School, and that will be at 10 a.m., starting at 10 a.m. Um, so that's like um, Sock Rapids as well as St. Cloud. And um, and then on Tuesday, the 24th, that will be the north side. will be playing at Alexandria at 11 a.m., so that will be Sartell. So a lot of different tennis stuff going on over the next uh, week um, as we get – into the beginning of section tournaments and such, but I will be over at the uh, tech game or the, the I'll be over at tech tonight to watch sock Rapids and St. Cloud play um, over the course of a couple different matches. So I'm um, excited to kind of see that. I haven't been to a tennis match this season cause you kind of did a lot of that while I was on my cruise. So um, be fun to kind of see the, the tennis action again, once, once again, um, to kind of conclude, or to start up the section tournament season.
1: Yeah, so definitely keep an eye out on all of um, those matches, events, different tournaments coming up. We'll have plenty of coverage of that. Um, a couple other news and notes thing. Just wanted to hit before we wrap up today um, at Saint Cloud State. There's been a couple um, big news items recently. The first was that um, athletics director Heather Weems, who's been there for a decade, um, she's actually leaving to take the job as the new um, NCHC hockey conference um, their commissioner. They'd had an opening, so. She's gonna be still staying in the area, but moving to a different role um, with that conference, which, you know, St. Cloud State is a part of, um, and has, you know, been the top hockey conference basically since they were formed. They've won, I think it was something like five of the last six NCAA titles or teams from that conference, you know, with teams like Denver and North Dakota um, and Duluth, who have been successful, and then St. Cloud State also making um, the Frozen four a couple of years ago. So, you know, there's been, a lot of of big success from that conference. And we'll see kind of what direction she can take it in leadership too. Um, You know, it's been such a, it's kind of such a weird time for the NCAA with just kind of how things are going with name image likeness, with all these other things, with conferences um, realigning, there's a lot going on. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what direction um, she takes the conference. And then um, at St. Cloud State too, they did hire a new men's basketball coach um, last week, which actually I'll be going to the press conference on this Wednesday afternoon, they'll be introducing him um, for the first time to the public. Um, Quincy Henderson was signed. He'll be the 14th coach um, in the school's history for men's basketball. Um, and he has a lot of success at the Division II level. He's been an assistant the past eight seasons in the school that he's helped coach West Texas A&M. Um, they have made six straight NCAA uh, tournament appearances they advanced to the title game just a little over a year ago um, and he's a former uh, player at winona state where they won a couple national titles too which is you know um, same conference as st cloud state now so he's very familiar with division two level Having a lot of success at the division two level and um, we'll see if that can kind of uh, restore st cloud state to the place um, they want to be with their success so um, like i said be talking to him at the press conference today kind of see what he has to say
0: is there any other info on, um, the, you know, what, what the next steps
1: are to possibly get a new athletic director for St. Cloud State? Yeah, I believe I believe Heather's last day is going to be sometime beginning to June. I think they already said that um, in their initial release, they're already starting to kind of do us do a nationwide search, hopefully finalize some candidates because we also have, I believe, a new women's hockey coach is going to be announced here pretty soon as well. Um, they've done interviews for that and such. So I'm assuming that'll wrap up before she leaves. So yeah, a lot going over, um, over at St. Cloud state and a couple other, um, there's a lot going on this weekend in college sports too, because you have these, you have NCAA tournaments, conference tournaments, all of this. I wanted to just hit, uh, one or two more items before we wrap up. One is that, um, St. Cloud tech college who I talked about um, a couple previous weeks, they're going to be heading to nationals. um, after they won their region tournament over in Waite Park this weekend with some dominant wins. Um, that's going to be their first time at nationals, I think since 2019. Um, so we'll see kind of what they can do there next week. Um, the St. Cloud Norsemen, the junior hockey team they continue on. I can't believe they're still playing. They started playing in like September and we're now near the end of May, but they're finally going to have to be done in this next week or so, because they're going to be playing in the Robertson cup um championship series um over in blaine um they have their best of 3 semifinal series coming up over the weekend if they would win that they'll advance to the finals next tuesday so um that's another big thing with the success they've had this season since just moving here you know not very long ago just a little over you know about a year two years ago to already have this much success is is really cool to see um and then a couple baseball and softball notes uh saint benedict College of St. Benedict, they uh, made it to their regional final, but they came up short. Um, So they went two and two at regions that they hosted for the first time. So a good good output by them. They ended up with 30 wins this season, 30 and 10 overall. So um, that's the furthest they've ever made it in the postseason. They made it to that stage a couple times before the region championship, but they made it that far again. So see if they can repeat that next year. Um, And then for baseball, St. John's and St. Cloud State, both their season's coming to an end. Um, St. John's losing in the Mayak tournament, St. Cloud State going out in the NSIC tournament, and then St. Cloud State actually not getting a bid, um, to the NCAA tournament. Um, it kind of hurt, you know, losing a couple of close games, I think in conference and some of their early season results in their region, but they were not selected to make the tournament despite a 37, um, and 13 record. So, you know, I think they're, it's tough to see their season come to an end like that. A bright spot was, um, Junior Sam Raiola, he set the program record for home runs in a season during the NSIC tournament. Um, he hit his 22nd of the year in their last game. Um, and then he finished uh, the tournament with five home runs in three games, which was just insane. So um, big year by him all around and all the Huskies. Um, too bad it had to come. You know, they would have liked to be at that NCAA tournament, but didn't quite work out. Um, and then St. John's and St. Ben's also – we're at the uh, Mayak Outdoor Track and Field Meet over the weekend. St. John's took first, won the first outdoor title since 2011, and St. Ben's came in second with some good individual results. So yeah, so um, you can check out more info on some of those sports. The recap I had on Monday of that at SCTimes.com. But yeah, a lot, a lot going on. The main things still left in the college sports scene are. Uh, mainly just track and field at this point. We have um, some last chance qualifier stuff this week, and then the following week for division two and division three um, will be the outdoor national championships that will have some, uh, a couple individuals from each school I expect to be competing at that level. So um, stay tuned, but there's still a little bit more to come here before the season wraps up.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, plenty of stuff in college world. So if you're looking for sports, we got it. Well, that's for sure. Um with all Especially
1: the high school couple weeks, yeah. <laughs>
0: with with all the high school sports and all the college sports going on, um, you'll have plenty of content coming your way. So make sure to stay tuned to sctimes.com for everything. Um just before we wrap up, um, just to let people know kind of where we're going to be going. Um on my end this week t- today on Wednesday, um, I'll be heading out to tech like I said before for Uh, boys tennis section tournaments for team tournaments. Um, Sock Rapids will be taking on Monticello and then whoever wins that will be taking on St. Cloud. So going to be covering a couple of those matches. And then Thursday, um, not a ton of stuff going on. A lot of games got pushed to Wednesday just due to incoming weather that might be coming um, on Thursday. So going to be kind of taking the night off that day. Friday, depending on how results go for Tennis, Um, might be covering a tennis match that night, otherwise might be covering a baseball game or something like that. Saturday, I'll be heading out to Sartell for the Apple Duathlon Um, that'll be going on, Um, kind of a fun event that kind of kicks off the summer in a sense besides Earth Day. Um, And so that'll be kind of fun to go out there and get some pictures and um, kind of see, see the community get together there. Um, in the afternoon, might be going out to a baseball game, depending on kind of how things, you know, unveil um, over the next couple of days. In our world, things change kind of constantly um, just with weather and scheduling and all that type of stuff. So can't really predict that particular instance and then definitely can't predict next week. So <laughs> DVD on, on next week as uh, as we get closer to uh, the weekend.
1: Yeah. And for me, rest of the week's going to kind of depend on weather, too. Um, a couple different things, so not sure about that. I expect next Tuesday, though, I'm um, we'll at least stop by the Central Lakes Conference Track Meet. Tech is hosting it this year. Um, a lot of local teams competing there will probably stop by for a little bit there. And then uh, Recory and Sartell Soccer Rapids Girls Lacrosse will be playing that night, one of their last regular season games, too. Um, and I haven't got to see either of them yet in person this year. So probably be out getting to see that game, too, next Tuesday. And then, yeah, beyond that, it's just going to depend a lot where those kind of softball seedings come in this weekend and how well some of our tennis teams and individuals do. So yeah, a lot um, to keep a track of this time of year, but it's about to get really busy. We're going to have plenty to talk about on the podcast every week here going forward for about the next month as we head into the summer. But um, other than that, I think that'll about wrap up the show for today. So once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Podcast, and we will see you again next time.